Welcome to the Osmology Podcast, presented by AccessFilms.com. Osmology is the study of things that are awesome. Here we talk about things we love, things we don't love, and things we find interesting. The show is hosted by Ben Wiggins of Access Films, and now, hear ye, hear ye, the Academy of Osmology is now in session. Hear ye, hear ye, we are back in session once again. Uh, I'm Ben Wiggins, and this is Sunday Stewart, your co-host. Sunday, say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so the first thing I'd like to say is I was feeling very grouchy today. Uh, I was at GrouchCon 4, uh, if, you, uh, if you will. And uh, Sunday, I was wondering if you would tell the listeners a little bit more about GrouchCon 4, why it puts you in such a good mood um, and a little bit about uh, our friendship in general. And, uh, by the way, listeners, you should just uh, take everything that Sunday is about to say with a total grain of salt because she nearly always misrepresents everything. Um, no, that's not true. But uh, our loosely based friendship, if you can call that, is mainly one of us trying to get the other one in a foul mood, and the other one will always succeed. Normally, it's me succeeding, but still. I'm not going to explain the system of GrouchCon because it's like the DEFCON scale, and I still don't quite understand it and use it incorrectly all the time because it involves, you know, numbers and whatnot. Four and out of three people agree, like, Sunday sucks at math. I do, indeed. It won't be the last time that, uh, that George will interrupt us tonight. George is our voiceover guy. He uh, very kindly... Uh, recorded some sound bites for us, and so he'll be interrupting us a lot tonight. Please, uh, please. Uh, I love George right now. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm terrible at math, and so I'm not going to explain that. But the point is, we spend most of our time getting grouchy at each other. It's actually more fun, though, I think, when we get grouchy with things that don't have to do with each other. And then we will report them. Like, for instance, today I said I'm at GrouchCon 4 because I was filing paperwork from 2011. And if you can imagine how old that paperwork was sitting in the back of someone's office and now I have a smoker's cough because I'm pretty sure I inhaled about 28 inches of dust from said paperwork. So, yeah, GrouchCon 4. That's all I know. Okay, well, I That's how we I, work. I also... And I also am at GrouchCon 4. I was uh, mm-hmm. pleased to hear that you are also feeling extremely grouchy. And uh, so mm-hmm. that probably means that we're going to have a good show. So my next question is... Um, what should we fight about? Exactly. What should we fight about? Um, so my first thing that... I, my first thought as far as what, you, what we should fight about is I know we're going slightly out of order here, but I feel like we should start with Coachella. Let's start with something that I think you and I will actually agree on. Um, uh, so Coachella, for those of you who don't know, for our listeners who have either been living under a rock or are over the age of 65, uh, Coachella is a music festival uh, that happens out in the uh, California desert. And uh, it's headlined by some major acts. Uh, Drake was there this year and some other people that I'm sure you've heard of. I did not bother to go look <laughs> and see who those people are. Uh, because mm-hmm. if I should say, they're performers that you know. and But that doesn't mean that we think you would have had a good time. Sunday, tell the audience how you feel about Coachella. 
I feel like I can stay my ass at home and wear a flower crown and make bad decisions from the sanctity of my own home. That's kind of how I feel about Coachella. But I am going to make a slight confession. Okay. Yeah, slight confession. Yes. But, I, I mean, I'm not going to go there because I don't like Northgate. Um, but the point here is I have a confession. Um, my confession is I actually like music festivals. Sorry about that. Um, I would have gone. So why to don't you? So why don't you like? Why don't you like this one? Or do you? Like uh, it? I no. I would have gone. I mean, I just don't want to pay like an exorbitant amount of money to tromp around like in a non-climate controlled location, and you know be surrounded by high and or drunk and or both people and possibly get sunburned and I don't know I just if I'm going to pay money to go to a concert I guess I'm just going to go to pay money to a concert and watch those people and not have to just henpeck my way through a very rigorous okay for instance you know I live in Texas South by Southwest is a huge deal and the minute tickets go until it's like <laughs> craziness and your Facebook feed blows up with, you know, South by nonsense. And it's just, I honestly, I'm going to tell you, I'm too lazy for music, music festivals because there has to be like a map and a system and a game plan and you should always bring a buddy because you're going to probably be irresponsible or they will. So a buddy system is necessary, and you have to scout out which stages and which locations. And I guess it's I'm as a person who likes to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. It just seems like a lot of work to me. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> what do you feel about Coachella? I, I I respect everybody who wanted to go to Coachella. I I honestly feel like there could not possibly be a bigger waste of time. Like I and now to okay. be fair, I'm not really into I'm not into live music as its own um as its own end. Uh the to me, like I if I can hear a song from the you know, from the comfort of my car, like and I'm hearing studio quality sound, like I'm experiencing the music as it's meant to be experienced. Like, I don't care if I'm, like, the musical medium, to me, implies, like, the, the experience of hearing a song is hearing that song in the best possible audio quality. I don't, I don't know that I need to see the performer actually playing the song. Or, I mean... So what you're saying is, you can watch Owl City and listen to Owl City from the world's smallest car, a.k.a. yours, and be totally fine with life. And you don't actually need to watch Owl City. And by city, I mean, like, one person is what you're telling me. I... Yes. So I, and I Ben agrees with Sunday. Per- I mean, Owl City is, Owl City is, Owl City is one person, yes, if that's what you meant. Um, that's but, what I'm uh, saying. It's not like a city. But anyway, misnomer. Carry on. Right. We so, all know you have bad taste in like, and you shouldn't even be talking about the subject because, like, you don't even I, like actual people music. So you don't even get to talk. This did not even be a conversation. Let's strike this from the record. How can we strike this from the record? I'm going to be like, no, we're talking about this. All right. Oh, so, and uh, like I do I have saying, some. I do. 
I do have to. So I like do I have saying, something to say. Is that so? Fun fun fact. I'm talking. So fun fact is today I was telling someone we were going to do a podcast, and they said, "Oh, what are you guys going to fight about?" The huge. And I said, um, "I don't know. I haven't seen the list yet." And this person said, "Oh, I thought you guys just sort of got on the phone and just argued." <laughs> and I was like, "No." Contrary to popular belief, there is somewhat of a system. It's not a good one, but it's ours, and we like it. Right. It's ours, and we like it. So here is the truth about my music page. Yes, I like Owl City, and uh, I'm not apologizing for it. I was on that train before all the teeny boppers got on it. And if you don't like Owl City, then uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but, uh, but also, like, I feel like it's just, I can I can experience Owl City in my car. I can experience like if Owl City were to be the kind of music that they would play at, you know, at a nightclub. I could experience it there. I could experience it at, uh, you know, at a party at any number of places and be just fine. I don't need to see the guy who is Owl City. I think Adam Young is his name, but I don't uh, I don't need to see him actually performing the music live and probably not as well as it's performed on the studio cut of whatever song he's singing. I don't need to see him do it to feel like I got the complete experience of the music. And I definitely don't need to see it in a venue where, like I, as you said, where I have, you know, basically a smoker's lung from, uh, from being, you know, from being out in the middle of the desert in uncomfortable temperatures and, uh, standing next to uh, 6,000 sweaty people or 100,000 sweaty people or however many people go to Coachella. I don't care. Um, the bottom right. line is I'm not particularly interested in going anytime soon. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, music festivals fine. Like, I, I'm not opposed to South by Southwest, but one of the big benefits of South by Southwest is that most of the events, possibly not all of them, take place uh, indoors. And... Uh, our friend Michael Maciel points out that uh, at a symphony concert, I would be the guy with the earbuds on listening to the German recording. Um, and that's not really true. I think the, unlike the, uh, unlike a, you know, like a rock band or something like that, I think the acoustics at a symphony orchestra concert, like at, at a, you know, at, any kind of symphony, I think the acoustics and the listening experience is actually much cleaner than what you would get in like a studio. And then the sound is so much bigger. Uh, to me, the, the listening to a rock band live, you get so much echo and like the sound is just dirtier and it doesn't make up for like the bigness of it. But listening to, uh, listening to an orchestra play live, that's actually something that's a big deal to me, which is why I have gone to the Hollywood Bowl many times more than I've gone to Coachella and why I'm pretty sure that will always be true. Any other thoughts on Coachella and music festivals in general by this year? I just heard something, something, something. Let's stop talking about All City. So, yes, what's next on the list? Okay. So what's next on our on our list and our, our agenda is uh, is always – rough at best so for our listeners uh indeed sorry, we're not sorry but uh we're going to entertain you anyway um aaron hernandez uh you guys may be familiar is was a a very successful player in the national football league he was a tight end for the new england patriots 
And he was recently um, convicted of first-degree murder. A, an acquaintance of his, associate of his, was killed um, a few years ago, and uh, Mr. Hernandez was found guilty of the murder. It is uh, it's an unfortunate situation all the way around. Uh, Sunday, do you have any preliminary thoughts on this situation? And then I'm going to get to the part of it that I think is uh, is relevant. So. Any, any thoughts going in? Oh, wow. Thanks for leading into that. Like, you talk, and then I'll talk about the relevancy. Thanks, jerk face. Anyway, the point is I did some really in-depth research, and by that I typed his name into Google and then just read all the hi- like the highlights that popped up. So things I've learned about this case. Um, he's treating jail like training camp. He may be yep. a textbook he manipulated uh, jail guards. What prison life will be like? He is on Twitter. Uh, he's the gangster in the huddle. And big house, big mouth. So that is pretty much the extent of the research I've done on this case. And when I wikipedia him, because, you know, bastion of journalistic integrity, Wikipedia always got my back on that. Um it was just like something, 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 something. He's kind of a thug. That's what I get from Wikipedia. Maybe I'm incorrect, but I'm gonna let you take so, the reins on this because go. Yeah. I will. Uh, I will. I will happily take over from here. So Aaron Hernandez. Okay. Uh, what makes me sad about this whole situation is that Aaron Hernandez, that dude had everything. Like he was. He was a. Like, a lot of times when guys get in trouble in the NFL, there are, you know, players who are either, you know, you feel like they're, they came from an environment that was, uh, that was, you know, really not such a great environment growing up. Uh, Aaron Hernandez admittedly did not, uh, did not have a relationship with his father. Um, and he, he had a history of, a troubling off the field behavior. Um, but it just, he was playing for a team that is not known for this kind of, you know, this kind of off the field trouble uh, that the team released him immediately after his arrest. So they handled it uh, with as much, <laughs> as much class as they possibly could. But I just, I feel like this case is troubling in a way that, some of the NFL's other off-the-field incidents are not troubling, partly because there was, I mean, there was a murder involved, and the player, according to what the court decided, actually committed the murder himself. Um, that's that's tough. Uh, Ray Lewis was accused of murder back in the day. Ray Carruth conspired to have his uh, then-pregnant girlfriend killed. Um, obviously, those are terrible, terrible things. Um, but this is this is the the first recent case that I'm aware of where an NFL player was convicted of murder and actually, according to the court, pulled the trigger himself. Uh, and I just I feel like this guy had so much and tossed it all out the window in a period of minutes. He was he was with this guy. It was, whatever else, it is absolutely clear there was video evidence that he was with this guy on the night of the killing. Uh, the guy had the keys to a rental car that was being rented by Mr. Hernandez. And uh, it's, 
you know, whatever else you may think about the case, he put himself in a very bad situation. And I, I don't know, like a lot of those other situations, I, I don't obviously condone any of the, uh, any of the bad behavior that those guys have engaged in. They've done a lot of really, really bad things, but I can understand the unacceptable emotional process that got them there with this. I like, I don't even understand. I don't even understand what happened. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like acceptable, unacceptable. I just can't get my mind around what it, it doesn't look like this happened in, you know, a fit of passion. Like they went out to some abandoned place near Hernandez's home and he shot the guy. The guy was apparently seeing the sister of Aaron Hernandez's fiance. Uh, maybe he was treating her in a way that they found acceptable, unacceptable. But what makes you do this? Like, I understand domestic incident is no less acceptable, but I I understand, like, people get heated and then they do things that are absolutely not okay. Um, But I at least get the process of it. I don't know. Sunday, what do you think? I don't know, but I mean – Again, I'm I'm just reading from Wikipedia, and it seems like this is not. I mean, it's almost like this was bound to happen. And I hate to say that, but like 2007, he got in a huge bar fight. 2007, he was definitely like fingered in at least double shooting situation. He was involved somehow with that. Then he was investigated in connection in 2012 with a double homicide, and then. You know, there in 2013, there was a shooting lawsuit. I just feel like it was kind of building up to this. I mean, at some point, it just seems like he's had a lot of trouble, and it just sort of blew up to this. I mean, you shoot someone, you go to jail. I don't I don't know what else we need to discuss. And I understand that he threw it all out the window, but it seemed like he had a serious troubled past, and, you know, that's, where it got him. I don't know yeah. what to say about By the way, that. I need to make a revision. Uh, Aaron Hernandez's father, Dennis, was actually around when he was younger. He died when Aaron was 16. Uh, that, was, that was a mistake mm-hmm. on my part of complications from hernia surgery, is, uh, it appears. Mm-hmm. And uh, his dad and his dad's brother were actually uh, local sports stars when they were younger, but also reportedly got into street fights and were involved in various crimes. So, actually, it seems like this may be more of a case of the apple not falling so far from the tree. I don't know. I just think it's sad. Like, you, you – and, you know, you can you can relate this to so many uh, incidents that the NFL has gone through recently. You, you hope that when people get to a point where they're playing a sport professionally, they have access to, you know, to people who can teach them how to be professionals. But it's really hard to overcome a troubled past, I guess, uh, and – you know, people at some level, people just kind of are what they have been raised to become, and that's I, I find that I find that very sad. Um, on a somewhat related note, there was an incident. There's obviously there's been a ton of stuff in the news recently about police brutality. Um, there have been several recorded cases of policemen uh, shooting. Uh, suspects in various incidents. Some of those have led to charges. Some of them have not. There was a there was an incident the other day where uh, a 
there was a there was a, a murder suspect who was uh, who was charging at an officer, and the officer I'm trying to find his name uh, refused to refused to shoot the suspect. The, the suspect tried to commit uh, suicide by cop, basically, is what he said he was going to do, um, and and. Into, it, essentially, what happened is the guy uh, charged this new Richmond cop, Officer Jesse Kidder is his name, um, who refused to shoot him. Uh, this, this officer is an Iraq veteran, um, and he showed great restraint in not shooting uh, in not shooting this double homicide suspect, possibly armed, verbally threatening, refusing to move his hands from his pockets. Um, he said, law enforcement officers all across the nation deal with split-second decisions that mean life or death. I wanted to be absolutely sure before I used deadly force. Now, this is in stark contrast to the shootings of Eric Harris and Walter Scott, where the officers showed judgment that was questionable at best. What What... I don't know, Sunday. What What are your thoughts on police brutality, and where we go from here in handling this issue um, and dealing with this as best we can as a society? You know what? I think this is a really tricky subject because <clears throat> I don't honestly. I'm going to tell you honestly. I do not know where I stand on this. Um, I have friends on both sides of the issue where. I have friends that are police officers, family members that are police officers, have been for years, as do you, I'm sure. Um, And then I also have friends that are kind of against this whole police brutality thing that seems to be cropping up. I don't really know where I stand on it, honestly. I've seen a lot of things. Every situation is different. I can say that. Um the amount of video surveillance we have these days is really interesting. I think that obviously came about during the whole, like, Rodney King thing. Um, It's very graphic, and you can actually see the truth when that comes out. But at the same time, it's just like we see all these really terrible things when the police step up and and make these split-second decisions, and I just wonder how many times they have to make a decision that we aren't there to see, um, where they do actually protect other people's lives. And and I want to believe in the greater good of a governmental power that is actually looking out for the best of us. And so um, I tend to kind of side on the behalf that I'm hoping that the police are making the best decisions. Obviously, recent past has shown us that isn't always the case. But I just don't know historically if that is, you know, if that is the exception or the rule. And so, like I said, I'm just very, yeah. So what I would say is I feel like a policeman in all instances should be given more leeway than a regular citizen. They are being paid to Mm -hmm. uphold the law, and sometimes that involves Sometimes that's going to involve the use of deadly force. But I, I, what, I, what I think is, like, for example, um, the 
some some people were saying that this this officer Kidder, the the one who did not shoot this suspect, um, that he that he only did what was reasonable. And I think that that I don't think that that's giving him enough credit. I think that when a when someone threatens an officer with physical harm, the officer is. You know, if, if if I charge at a cop, I assume I'm going to get shot. Like you, you don't attack a police officer um, and Correct. expect yes. to. And if they if he shoots me in the shoulder, then lucky me. Um, now the what they're I think what the issue is is that in many of these cases, the police are taking down suspects with too much force who don't pose a credible threat at the uh at the current time. Maybe they did pose a credible threat at some point in the in the past and then there was you know in the case of um in the case of Eric Brown, it appeared mm-hmm. that Brown was running away and then turned around and charged and the fact that he was I, I that to me that's that's where the line of demarcation is. Is the mm-hmm. person, did the officer make a credible attempt to arrest the person without use of deadly force? And then is the person posing an immediate threat to the officer's safety? I think, and, and Let me, you know, I think that, yeah. go ahead. No, I, I just have a question. Do you think that there is really a change in um, police brutality or if it's just an increase in media attention? Uh, I think it's just an increase in media attention. Like, I think that this sort of thing has always been going on, and now we have mm-hmm. phones that re- that can record people's behavior. Um, and we, I, and by the way, this sort of thing has gone both ways. Uh, the, right, exactly. Uh, the, you know, you know, in, in some cases, uh, the the video has uh, has shown uh, the police to be showing proper restraint. Um, but in, mm-hmm. I think in more cases, uh, I think in more cases it has shown that actually officers are not acting with as much discretion as they should. Now, in some cases, like Taraji Henson's son, uh, Taraji Henson apo- apologized to the Glendale police for alleging that they racially profiled her son during a traffic stop. And when mm-hmm. the when the truth came out, Taraji Henson handled that situation appropriately and apologized to the police department. Um, and in that case, video, you know, upheld uh, the the standard of conduct that the officer, you know, held himself to. But, uh, I, but did, I do, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean this is this is not really about police brutality, but I think because the media has been so involved with this, I do feel like again I'm going to bring it back to you. you're not on Facebook, but I'm sure you see this a lot. Um, I have some friends that are very involved in kind of um, police watching, I guess you should say, um, and to me it seems more like police baiting almost. And I'm sure you've seen the videos, and it's people that get stops and police stops and they're very aggressive about their rights and I don't have to roll my window down and I don't have to show you my ID and I don't have to do all these things because this lawsuit. When in in reality, if they had just, you know, shown their ID and rolled their window down and moved on, they wouldn't be arrested and in jail. But it's kind of like they want to assert their rights 
over the police, and I feel like it's kind of hand-in-hand. And I don't know if you've seen too many of these videos, but I just happen to be friends with people who post a lot of them. And um, it's very... I just would like to say that I would not like to be a police officer in this day and age because at one point in time, you taught your kids to look for the helpers, your police officers, your doctors, your EMT, um, firefighters, and now it's kind of as if we're treating them like they may harm us in some way or they may do us a disservice. Um, And I think that it's kind of – I mean, to me it's scary because – it's not that I haven't seen a video or seen a situation where I think, wow, you know, the police kind of overstepped their bounds or they made a wrong decision. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, where where do I stand overall looking at the big picture? Do I say, you need to be very guarded when you deal with these people? Do I say, these people will help you? Do I defer to them? I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because with all the media coverage, with everything that's out there, um, like I said, I don't, I honestly don't know where I stand on this issue. Have I been in a situation? Here's, here's what I would say. Where, here's what I yeah, would say. There's, yeah. There are, there's, I, I think of police officers as my friends. Like they're there to help me. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think it's worth noting that it's not like, it's not just like, white people of Western European descent that feel this way. I know a fair number of black people who feel that the police are there to help them. And I, and I, now, mm-hmm. by the way, do I think that some cops are racist? Yes. Do I think all cops are racist? 100. Not. 100. Um, yeah. For and, sure. And I agree. So, I actually agree with you but, right there. What, but <laughs> I think this plays to what you were saying. Uh, I think this plays to what you were saying a minute ago. I think that a lot of it is in how the person who's interacting with the officer has been brought up to view the police. Um, Correct. If they have been brought up to think, as you said, the police are your friends, they're there to help you, um, they're there to uphold the law, then situations will go more favorably. If there are, Mm -hmm. if the policeman has been properly trained and properly psychologically vetted to make sure that they aren't, you know, trying, that, they aren't on a power trip, that they aren't trying to, uh, you know, uh, assert themselves over someone else, then I think the situation also goes more favorably. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess that my feeling is that until fairly recently, I, by the way, I thought, that this was a, I thought that this was a non-issue. I thought that people were making a lot of noise about kind of nothing until I saw some of and really mostly – the recent mm-hmm. stuff, I, I felt like the, you know, the, the Trayvon Martin case uh, with as little information as we had about what was happening was handled correctly. I felt like the Eric Brown situation, um, you know, for better or worse, and really it's for worse because a young man died from this situation, but I felt that it was handled correctly. Uh, now, the, but the more recent incident have really brought to light what I feel like could be a more general issue. And um, I, I do think that it's good for all communities to educate the members of those communities to feel that the police are on your side. But to be fair to them, I do think that that's much easier to do if you actually, as an adult, do feel that the police are on your side.
side. And I don't know that that is, you know, I don't, I, I think that it is fair for a lot of people to feel that that, that that is not always the case. What do you think? I'm saying if someone's breaking into my house, I'm calling the police. I'm just, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm, that. you know, definitely I mean, that. I'm saying if it, it comes down to it, yes, I'm trusting the police force. So, um, I mean, I, I might shoot the person who's injured my house, but <laughs> I will call the police <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um, I, but I, yeah, I so I, yeah, I definitely think, I think your point is completely um, on track when you said it's just pretty much how someone has been brought up to view the police and how to interact with them and whether or not it's, you know, respect or indifference or fear or whatever it is. And um, and I think coupled that with all of this media coverage, all of this instant communication we have with the Internet and social media, it's just kind of snowballed into this kind of crazy, uncontrollable thing that now we're having to second-guess ourselves on and look at. So, um, but right. I, I, I definitely don't think that more information is a bad thing. So, I, you know, I, I don't think that the fact that we're looking at video coverage and eyewitness accounts and things like that, none, none of that's ever bad. Um, giving you more information and giving the courts more information and the juries more information and everyone having to deal in that situation to make the best decision possible and maybe maybe we're just seeing more things that we should have seen in the past but i don't i don't think it's it's for a, a negative return i think that um it's definitely something that we're seeing now and you know it's it's probably been going on on the whole time i mean it just now we have more coverage of it so it's definitely brought more to the to the front so there you go right okay uh, yeah, I think we're we're moving toward a uh, we're moving toward a better place mm-hmm. with all of that. Mm-hmm. So the last uh, the last topic we want to we want to touch on is that uh, we talked about we talked about people who are independent consultants or do or do direct sales on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we yeah. uh, we perhaps were a little unfair with how we handled some of that. I think that. Uh, there are some people that are very annoying with how they do certain things on Facebook, but I also think that some people, it helps being able to run their business online, and Facebook is a significant part of how a lot of people do that. Um, it helps afford them a better quality of life. Uh, the phrase, I, I am not going to use the word entrepreneur anymore. Um, it was, uh, I spoke with a couple of people who found that word um, maybe not offensive but a little a little bit of uh, a little bit of a pejorative a little bit of a condescending word um, and some people are better doing business online because they're very shy around people now Sunday mm-hmm. I think you can have some feedback from that podcast as well do you have any uh, do you mm-hmm. have any initial reactions to this uh, the same thing that I, I, you know, I had texted you earlier this week, and I did get a little backlash of that from some very close friends of mine. Um, and I'll and I'll repeat basically what I was told is that, you know, we shouldn't actually encourage these people in our communities online um, that are selling these products because they are trying to better their families, being a support structure 
adding income, um, branching out into the community, into the to kind of it's their workspace essentially. Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Instagram. And, you know, even if you don't buy the product, just by sort of not ignoring what they are trying to do for their families, you are in a way supporting these people. And I was also um, kind of brought to task about the fact that we did use the, the mompreneur word and that there are actually a lot of, like, males selling things, and I did not bring that to light. Um, you know, Advocare and nutritional supplements and oils and all kinds of things, and I left the men out of that um, and mainly focused on the women. And, again, I'm, I'm going to retract my statement and apologize. The thing is that I'm not going to apologize for is that it still doesn't make it less annoying. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't support you and that I don't want you to do well in your business, but for someone who is inundated with that, um, you know, it it is something kind of like, this is not what I got online for. But in saying that, I will also follow that statement by saying, you know, the the friend that brought this to my attention again said, it's not that we we don't want you to delete us from your groups. We don't want you to unfriend us. We want you to just, you know, you don't have to buy from us. Just scroll on by. Just there is someone we might be reaching on Facebook, and by you not removing yourself, not removing, um, uh, you know, any tags or likes or whatever. Just that may reach somebody that we can make money with and from or help them and their family. And that is kind of just the sisterhood of feminism. And I said, I'm going to, I was like, okay, I, can't, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be talking to that. And so, you know, there you go. Here's what I would say. I feel like it's all in the delivery, yeah. um, and yeah. there is a, there's a certain level of you know I asked I asked someone a few years ago not to post anything on my wall without my permission, um, and given given how I handled my own Facebook page, my own Facebook profile when I was on Facebook, um, I I would have removed any tags from someone um, you know mm-hmm. sharing a product or something like that if they did not ask me first. Now, if they did ask me first, mm-hmm. I would say, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about it, and then I would make an informed decision after having listened to them. So I'm, you know, I'm informing myself on what their product is and what they're trying to do. Um, it's, it's all in the delivery. Uh, my friend, uh, one of my friends uh, who got, uh, helped me get pretty specific with what some of the issues are here um, mentioned that 31, for example, actually prefers that people share, not sell. Uh, their consultants are not allowed to hard sell on their personal pages at all. They can show pictures of, you know, new purses or jewelry they received or show how they organize their car, office, kids' playrooms, et cetera, with storage solutions, but can't say for X number of dollars you can get this today. Um, they're supposed to set up closed groups on Facebook for their business if they choose that as a means mm-hmm. of selling. For uh, this person's wife personally, 90% of her customers are in other states. So Facebook is the best means to get information about her products out there. Um, she doesn't want to push anyone into buying anything than to want the product and supporting her on this journey as a bonus. So I would say that, again, it's really all in the approach. And it's a really fine line, just like it is with, you know, when someone is selling AdvoCare or Amway. And, by the way, I mentioned this on the first podcast. I did Transamerica for a while. Um, I think mm-hmm. that that sort of model is can be very good. You know, Transamerica or uh, World Financial Group, their their mission is to 
financial information with families. Um, I don't necessarily agree with all of the parts of the approach, but given everything, I understand why they do it the way they do. And I think that it, I still to this day think that even though I'm not doing it anymore, I still think that it's a very effective business model. And if I were not, you know, if uh, my career in, uh, in television hadn't moved forward in the way that it has, then I would still be doing it. I would. So, but having said that, for a lot of people, it's just a very fine line. And some people would feel more put upon than I would uh, by certain types of approach. And I like people to be fairly direct with me about what they want. I don't like feeling like I've been bait and switched. Um, I just like to be told, here's kind of what you're, here's, here's, here's what I'm selling. You know, here's what you're getting yourself into. Um, and, and then sort of let the chips fall where they may. I, I guess you really have to keep an eye on how, what I don't want is I don't want someone to make me feel bad for not being interested in the pitch, if I don't want somebody to tag me on something, that's my right. Like if it's if it's my Facebook page, I, I that's kind of where I would draw the line. If it's once I'm being involved in something like this, and if I haven't approved it beforehand, I, I reserve the right to decline to be involved myself. And you know maybe that maybe it's different for women. Maybe maybe as a guy, like if there's not as much of a sense of community. Uh, between, you know, large groups of men, and maybe we get a little bit more of a free pass on that. Is that fair or not fair? I don't know. Um, but yeah. that's kind of where I come down on it. I, I just, I, I think that this can be a very acceptable and very productive uh, way for people to make some extra money for their families, and we're always in favor of supporting your family effectively. I just, I, I think that it's all in how you, you go at it. I got gotcha. you. There you go. Um, I have a question though. We've been yeah, is your hand very is your hand raised? No, it isn't. I don't have to raise my hand. Um, so I want to like segue into something that we've been very serious on this podcast. So I just want to, and this may be a serious conversation. I don't know. What do you are we going to make about, fun of some more? Are we going to make fun of who? What? Coachella some more. <laughs> Oh, no, we are not. Uh, Go ahead. What do you feel about, how sincere, I should say, do you feel about all these, like, viral videos going around about life moments? I have a very strange feeling about it. These guys that have taken these very serious life moments and kind of are trying to make themselves um, virally famous, I guess you should say. So like engagement and baby announcements and promposals. It almost seems insincere to me. If you are gonna take a life moment like an engagement or a baby announcement and you're turning it into something like really crazy and making a video about it almost to get, you know, internet famous doesn't do you not think that kind of takes away from the moment? I'm just I'm at Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is the yeah. first I'm hearing it. But I think that it, I mean, I'm sort of unplugged from uh, young people news these days. Uh sorry, I'm I mm-hmm. yeah, that's just how it's 
But uh, yeah, you're absolutely. an old man. Yeah. My, my initial my initial reaction is yeah, it absolutely cheapens the moment. Um, and I mean, if you so now so, so let me let me be devil's advocate for a second and say if you want to okay. share that moment with you know with a million people or ten million people or however however many people end up watching your video, then great. But I do think there that there is a certain sort of performance aspect to it at that point. And is that, so is that a better experience than it would have been otherwise? No, I don't think so. It's different at best and it could be, it could be worse. Um, it could, and, I feel know, like it you, can completely cheapen it. Yeah. I feel like it completely cheapen it by all, like if there is any negativity, which I mean, we know if you put something on the internet, the internet can respond in a positive or negative way, but I just feel like especially, not especially engagements and things like that, like it's almost like everyone's trying to outdo each other in this like huge, crazy, like I want to outdo you in engagements, which again, I feel like engagement rings, we've talked about this privately and with our other friends, but like are just a giant pissing contest. And I think that this is kind of like another level to that. And so guys are, I'm going to make a video of her watching a video of me asking her to marry her and our life story. And I'm going to hold up cards and we're going to talk about it. And then everyone's going to come together and I'm going to sing a Bruno Mars song. And it's just, and then I'm going to put it on the web and it's going to get 400 million views. And I just think, are you really doing that at this point because you like this girl and you you want to do a flash mob video of this or you kind of just want to get 4 million views? I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of very anti this whole viral video of life movement thing that's going on and so many people are doing it. Now there's even these crazy video states of dates where People do this whole movie trailer thing, and they send you a CD in the mail. I may have gotten one. I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but you know who you are. And it's real crazy, and it, God knows how much it cost them to do that. And it was just crazy. I'm like, enough. I don't even know why to save the day is a thing. Just send an invitation, like, back in the 1800s or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's too well, much work. Again. Here's what I'll say Here's about the, the thing. thing. I, like, I am a lazy human, and so to me this is just like, wow, you guys, it's just too much. <laughs> it's too much for yeah. you. Here's what, here's what I'll say about the whole thing. Like, I already <laughs> don't – I mean, I kind of I – get, I get Facebook. I very much get Facebook. I love Facebook. I'm, I'm sad sometimes that I'm no longer on it. Um, uh-huh. I get Twitter. I don't – I already don't really understand Instagram. Like, I feel like – it is the to use a phrase you used a minute ago. I feel like it's the ultimate pissing contest. It, it is my life. Here's how great my life is. Uh, my life is great in proportion with the number of people that like this post. Um, this oh photo. my god! Oh my gosh! I do not agree. Where is the do not agree button? I'm pressing it immediately. Where is it? I can't find it. It's weird. We're getting you know ready to fight. Here we go. Yes. You've been waiting you know for Yes. You know why? Yes. This is why I like Instagram. I do not think it's a business on this. I think Instagram is Facebook without all the BS. It's here's my picture. This is what I did. 
There's very limited conversation. There's either you like it or you don't. That's it. Moving on. Nobody get like, rarely do people get into these intense, crazy fights on Instagram. You never hear anybody be like, we got into an Instagram fight today. I mean, not anyone I know. It's either you like it, you don't like it. It's like, oh, Jasmine went to the beach. Oh, Sarah's having a boy. It's not Facebook. No one's sending me 85 videos. I'm not asking to join 57 groups. I don't need to like something. Nobody, I never saw anybody's comment that somebody commented three weeks ago. I didn't see, you know, and it's just all, it's just straight, these are my, these are pictures. Moving on. I don't think it's at all. That assumes that I care about way more people's pictures than I actually care about. And, again, you care about pictures. You care about their pictures less than their actual, like, statuses is what you're saying to me. Like, you would rather read them with actual thoughts. The general populace of of America, they're all idiots. Most of what I do on Facebook is, honestly have ophthalmology discussions. And there's not a whole lot of other stuff that I'm going to Right. If somebody starts a discussion that I think is interesting, I, then I'll participate in that. But, like, the, the problem to, with Instagram to me is exactly what you find beneficial from it, which is that there is no, there, there is no discussion. Like, there's, there's no, no disagreeing. Just that this is what it is, like it or don't like it. And, yeah. like, I, I, I guess... I understand why some people are into that. I just, like, my emotional makeup doesn't comprehend it. Um, it's sort of like, I no, there are, like, there are 10 people in the world whose pictures I really care about and want to see, and, like, eight of those people aren't on Instagram. Um, so, uh, you know, like, I want to hear the ideas of a lot of people that I follow on Instagram. And I wish that I could like actually hear what they're thinking about, not just see what they're experiencing. I want to know their oh reaction. Oh my God. I want to know what they. I can't even know, deal with this right now. I mean, you can you say whatever you want. That's how I react to it. Um, but uh, yeah. So to answer your original question before we got off on Instagram. Um, yeah. The, yeah, I think that that make trying to make a life moment into a viral video, like honestly, who like my question to those people is this: Who cares if you get four million? Like, who cares if you get a hundred million views? Like, what is that worth to you? Like, how much money do you get from that? I don't. I mean, if, if you get internet famous, how long does that last? Like, the only person who ever parlayed. As, as far as I'm aware, and I'm sure that there is, I'm sure that there are exceptions to this, but as far as I know, the only person who parlayed internet fame into something more than internet fame from never having done anything previously was Kim Kardashian. And if you want Kim Kardashian's life, then we are, we, there's nothing for us to discuss. But, um, but yeah, I mean, what is, if you're after, if you're trying to make money to like pay for your wedding or whatever, like what does a hundred million views get you? Does that make you? I don't know how much. I don't know how much money that's worth. Does that get you a hundred thousand dollars? Does it get you ten thousand dollars? Like, at what point are you selling out your life? You know, I, I. So, I guess I could see why some people would be interested in that if there were enough money involved. But I think most of these things are not going to get a hundred million views, like a life moment. I don't know. What's the what's do you know what the most viewed version
version of this is? Like, is there one that's gotten 10 million hits? Or, oh, I mean, no, I, I'm sure, though. I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel like not worth it. Not worth it. But then again, I don't want other people in my business for the most part. There's like 50 people that I would be happy to share stuff with and, and another 200 that I would be happy to have involved in like our discussions on, you know, the Academy, but everybody else, I'd rather they just mind their own business. I don't, I don't want them knowing what I'm doing. Uh, I'm sure. You know, to be fair, I say that uh, as a guy who is enthusiastic with his Twitter following, um, uh, as such as it is, and uh, yeah, I, so maybe there's a maybe there's a certain degree of hypocrisy there. But we are about out of time. Sunday, do you have any final words for the listeners? Nope, nope. My final words are good night. <laughs> as usual, sleep Sunday. well. Nothing intelligent to say, and so I will uh, I will shut us down by uh, saying thank you all for tuning in. We will be back again soon. Thank you for dealing with our various technical difficulties, and we look forward to joining you again either late this week or early next week. Have a lovely night. Thank you for listening to the Awesomeology Podcast. For more information, check out accessfilms.com. Follow us on Twitter at underscore Awesomeology and like our page at facebook.com forward slash Academy of Awesomeology. Follow your host on Twitter at Benjamin Wiggins and feel free to like his page at facebook.com forward slash Access Ben Wiggins. Be sure to check out the Access Films podcast as well on accessfilms.com forward slash radio. The Academy is adjourned.